I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Startup Nightmares. Startup Nightmares is a podcast that aims to inspire those who work in the startup world to do the best work they can, the best way possible, while dodging some bullets doing so. Let's just be a bit more human here. All of these people started needing stuff from me. Don't feel like you're on your own, because you're, you're never on your own. But I'm paying this person a good wage, why isn't that enough? And that doesn't make me special. What is making me special is my deeper story. People need a sense of purpose to feel motivated in their job. Wake up at five in the morning and like go to the gym for an hour. Like, what the fuck is that? You're sitting at your desk crying and you're like, what happened? I had no idea how to monetize anything. I was like, ah, everybody gets a title. You get a title. You get a title. Either pay me or I will sue you. All of our guests have been to the dark side of the innovation ecosystem and came back to tell their tale. You can use this. This is how you get there. It is not a secret anymore. My name is Tal Shmueli, and I will be your host. Leon Avigad, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> can you tell us who you are, what you do, and why do you do it? Wow. <laughs> wow. Walter Frankel. I'm Leon. My name is Leon, Leon Avigad. I am 48. I'm a hotelier. I'm a husband and a dad living with my uh, life partner for the past 22 years, father to the most adorable Ro- Ronnie. She's turning 11 pretty soon. I was sort of living my dream up until the COVID-19 crisis arrived. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a hotelier and I founded the Brown Hotels um, uh of Israel and and we're now expanding despite of it all. It is exciting and I'm excited uh, to do this huge progress again, despite of it all. I feel like there's a train running towards me and I'm still running, (laughs) running in this, but uh, we'll, we'll get over it. We'll be okay. I'm a great believer in, um, in this soul searching, knowing who you are and then playing the best, the best as you can with your, with the cards you were given. So I'm, I'm super driven. I love what I do. I'm pretty uh, lucky and blessed that other people enjoy what we do as a team, all of us together, the brand group. So I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to live this life. There are quite, quite a amount of bumps on the way. We had uh, 9-11 
and we had the intifadas and the mini wars and the big wars and the 2008 credit crunch and then now COVID-19 and, and it's like, I feel like job, you know, like again, again, a crisis, but uh, I was interviewed for the New York times and there was, a, they were asking me, what did you study? What do you learn from, from this? And I said, well, what is there to learn in Israel? It, it's every two years. So you need to, when you create, when you build a, a business plan, a feasibility study for a new venture, you need to calculate every two years, there's going to be some kind of a bump. And this is quite a bump, huh? But, uh, but if you're driven and if you know where, where you're going, then you don't, let, you don't let anybody get in the way. You need to be flexible. You need to adapt and to respond to, new, to changes, but you need to know what you do. And, and you know, I'm, I'm headed there. The hotels you build, the initiatives you come with are, are an extension of who you are. And that is, you know, unfakeable. And it's not even a motivation, you know. Some people, you know, they're motivated, achievements, career, money. It's like, sometimes I think, like, he cannot be a different person. Yeah, it's very true. Um, it's very true. This, this is all a continuation of who I am. This is very true. I'm trying not to, you know, the ego thing should be very much in control. So I'm trying not to think of me or of what I want to do or achieve, but as, as goals for the company, for the, for the 600 plus people I'm working with and I'm trying to lead. And, um, and therefore I'm trying to enlarge, to take a, a step back and to see it from afar and make it like a bigger, a bigger goal than, than just, yeah, another hotel, another building, real estate numbers, uh, spreadsheets. I think that, the signature library of the brown is totally me and the vintage 70s look is is yeah is, this is I'm, I'm a fan and the black music motown music of of la in the 60s 70s yeah this is what i'm what i'm putting on youtube when i'm you know shaving but again i think it's something universal i'm very much into creating uh, experiences and um ian schrager the prophet of the boutique hotel industry once told me uh almost really almost 20 years ago, that for him, hotel is just about, it, it's all about rubbing shoulders. I've told this story so many times in, in the past that I'm not sure that he actually said it like that, but I took it as, you know, for me, it's all about rubbing shoulders. It's all about the lobby, the venues, the, the being together, the hangout, the, when you check into the hotel, you know, oh, look at it. It's the double height or the scent or the beautiful front desk people or the design or the sense of place or the something should wow you. I'm trying to do that. And sometimes the price is not being cool enough because cool is not being excited and not uh, saying, wow, just, Hey, yeah, it's beautiful. Calvin Klein is just walking next to me. But for me, it's, it is a continuation of, of who I am because I feel that what I feel will make other people feel good. If, if I'm touched by it, it will touch Tal Shmueli and, and, it is why I enjoy the, the process of development so much. And, and the, the details are also very important because they complement and they create this experience. But it's, it, it might be tiresome, it might be boring, but it's not boring to me because those are the details that create the entire experience. So, that, so I'm very driven towards that. Goal. So let me ask you this. How does one tame his ego when... Every other street in the city seems like it has a Brown Hotels logo on it. 
either a construction site or a renovation site or, or an operating hotel. Easy peasy. Go to a bank and go through what I'm going through. <laughs> Your ego will be like a raisin. Like a, so I'm saying it's a, you live in Tel Aviv at your humble house, you do the dishes. In Israel, in Tel Aviv, you cannot really be pompous. You cannot really be pretentious. Um, it's not like in America that everything is big. The market is huge. So if you make it, you make it big time. Here, if you make it, then you might, it might be easier for you to go to the supermarket. But it's not making it big time, you know? It's always how you compare yourself and to whom you're comparing yourself. It's not as if I want to control the world, but I want to see the brown everywhere. So until I won't see the brown everywhere, I won't rest. So it's like, okay, so we're pretty dominant in Tel Aviv, but in Jerusalem, we have only four. And in Eilat, it's only one. And, not, and, you know, maybe some other places, maybe there are some beautiful churches that I could have turned into, beautiful hotels. And, you know, the, there's some other feelings that I didn't express yet in other cities in the world. Now we're doing great, beautiful things in, in Athens and Thessaloniki and some coastline cities. In, in Greece and I'm in love with Greece and it evokes so many feelings and emotions when I, when I talk and feel about it, when I plan and, and develop things in Greece and I know that in a year or two I'll be prepared for the next country for the next like Croatia was three four years ago now it's Greece and then Greece is a big thing it's much bigger than Croatia for us but uh, but still I, I mean there's a lot to express. There's a lot of things to say. I, again, I think that hotel is such a beautiful thing because it combines management and design and, and architecture and design and sense of place and, 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 and working with people, with teams and, and leading teams together. And it's a financial thing. It's a, it's a zero sum, sum game. If you're working well, someone else, someone else will not maybe. So it's like a competition and I'm pretty competitive. So it's all like, it's, I, this is, I love it. Would you say you are more the, the competitive person or more of an achiever? And the way, I, the way I think about it is a competitor want to be the first and beat the competition. The achiever would be the guy who wants to uh, be his best, you know, take his skill set to the maximum. For sure, number two. Number two? Yeah, for sure. It's amazing to be among the first ones. But, you know, there are cities with beautiful cities in the world that... that, that are super like hubs, but their uh, hotel scene and hospitality scene is not amazing. And I think that I can really contribute to it. Um, amazing cities uh, in, the, in the world. And I think that we can give it a, an, an edge, an angle. Enough. It's not up. I don't think we're better than anybody else. It's like maybe slightly cooler, more daring, more uh, sensual, even sexy. Um, so yeah, this, this is something that, um, intrigues me. And I think that, um, it's being, it's playing with the card of, I was given the best I, I can rather than being the first in, in some kind, because, but I'm, I'm not the first boutique hotel developer ever. So yeah. it's... we said it off the camera. So I'll repeat it here. The people who come on the show, are startup entrepreneurs, operator, executives, And the way we discuss... Thanks for having me. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'll tell you why. The work you're doing is much closer to what a startup does or how a startup yeah. behaves than anything else. And the reason I'm saying is because when we discuss a startup, we're saying it's a, it's, a, it's a business organization that has to go through tremendous uncertainty. 
And he's now you're going, telling me? Can you tell me that before? And he's going through for tremendous growth. So your playbook of starting or opening 24 hotels, okay, that's a very ambitious company. Doing that and maintaining your trajectory while going through everything that's going on in the world, that is, I don't want to say unprecedented, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's yeah. unprecedented. Yeah. It's, uh, we're, we're very fast growing. Um, we're fairly, um, we're, we're a large group. We're doing things in quite a big scale. Um, we're not afraid of, of working internationally. We decided not to go to the Americas yet, as of yet. We decided to, um, first we take Manhattan. So no, first we take Berlin this time. So uh, we will do we will do Europe now, and there are so many experiences that we haven't experienced yet. We didn't tickle even the Nordic countries, France, and all the French. If you need us to go and tickle them for you, no yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> as a as a trial, I think there are so many experiences that we can still evoke in in our hotels, uh, and and so many hubs that we can work with, and and within, and and so many industry that we can interface with so there's so much to do Mm. let me take you four and a half months three and a half months back into the past it's the beginning of march the news are starting to shout corona here corona there i'm in london i'm seeing this and i'm like ah someone will figure it out that doesn't gonna it's not gonna have any material influence on my life it's just a flu it's a flu flu with a a, a very strong pr it'll, it'll stop in the border and then March 12, 13, 14, it becomes serious and Israel goes into lockdown. Flights stop completely. And here you are, the owner of a hotel franchise, international, with expansion plans. What do you do? Okay, so it's funny. The first thing, I've, <laughs> the first thing I did was to print to myself a fake work permit. There was a quarantine. No one could, could leave their homes for, for a couple of weeks. And only the most essential uh, employees, professions. Yeah. professions. So I, I, I just printed myself a fake one and I traveled all around um, uh, Israel with it. And, and I just sat in the office and I started to make phone calls to everyone, to all the landlords, to all the big suppliers, to all, the, uh, to all our employees, had Zoom meetings with everyone just to calm everybody down. We're here, we're here to stay. And I always compare it to banks. You know, in, back in 1929, Banks and all the banking um, system collapsed because everybody uh, withdrew their their bank accounts, their savings, and the banks all only had like ten percent of the actual um, uh, amounts. So it's the same. It's the same with us and with each and every uh, big company um, now in Israel. Not only the, in the hospitality hospitality um, industry. If you actually ask everybody to pay everything immediately, and all our uh, financing and leverage immediately now, bye. But if you look at it, um, if you stretch it and look look at it in the long run and say, okay, this is a good company with a good brand, with a good team, with good um, uh, payment ethics and, and, and credit um, uh, lines and, and everybody's pretty happy with it, then you know what? There's a future. All I need is just to calm everybody down, um, you know, to make sure that everybody supports us. Um, and, and I think we did. And I think we did. And, and this is the first thing I've done. 
How did you realize the seriousness of the situation? What was the first signal that you said, oh, oh, this is not going away? At the beginning, I didn't. I made a big mistake and I thought it's, a, as I said, um, flu with a good PR. Uh, I didn't understand that it's a, the severity of it. It took me a good couple of weeks until I actually grasped the, the, the seriousness of it. And then I sat down and started making those phone calls. But it wasn't um, so soon. I think it was only when uh, our prime minister postponed the, the uh, quarantine uh, after Easter, after Pesach, Passover. And he didn't take the action uh, soon enough. It's not a political thing. I think it's, it can happen to everyone. Uh, and it, he didn't take it soon enough. And then, then I think we could control it. And then afterwards, when, when he did it, this time wasn't used to actually improve the system that fights this COVID-19 uh, virus. So I think uh, then in the middle of this um, uh, quarantine, towards the end of March, I, I truly understood. And then I understood that we're going to, um, to have a, an IPO. We're planning it. It was uh, planned for uh, May and it was, it was a sure thing, you know? Let's, what are we doing with the money? And yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. And so we had to change all our method of, of how we see things. And then we decided that um, um, we need to maybe not uh, expand as fast, but change and alter the way we see things. Since this is going to stay for years now, maybe we need to take the most risky uh, deals and try to get out of it. Maybe we need to change it from lease to management so that we don't, we're not expected to, to invest. Um, and, and some other changes and modification to the business model and I think we we're flexible enough to do it. And then the biggest change was when we actually uh, sat at home at like 8.30 and we were talking with my partner, um, uh, with my business partner, Nir, Nir Weitzman, who's a good friend as well. And we said, okay. And we started crying on one each other's shoulder. And yeah, it's bumming. Yeah, what a timing. What a period. Da, da, da. And then uh, we saw on the news uh, the situation with the medical team and how they are suffering and lack of um, our personnel. And we said, you know what? We have so we have thousands of meters of, of real estate unused. Let's pamper them. And then we immediately called our VP uh, marketing. And we said, you know what? Let's give out the, the, our original hotel that is more, most identified with us. Let's give it out for a whole month to the, um, to the personnel, to the um, medical team. Everyone from doctors to nurses to everyone. And I, I put up a, um, a, a Facebook post. And within three hours, it had 3,000 um, uh, likes and shares and stuff. It was immediately a boom. And I think then we made, we understood that this is the Big lemon, and we can make it. We can make out of it a huge lemonade. Um, so it's a, it's a big, big, big obviously war. But we need. To, but I think something good can come out of out of it. Obviously, this is come, something that's coming from the guts, from the heart. This yeah. is. It's not a board meeting. It's not uh, a board meeting. Uh, yeah. Business decision. How much money were you losing at that point? Is it is it in the millions? Is it in the Hundreds of thousands. I see that I need the gin and tonic here. I told you you'd this, need the gin and tonic. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, usually on a, on, a, on, a, on a given month, we're running around the 20 million shekels uh, turnover. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. In March, we did around two, so one-tenth. In April, we did zero. May, we did less than one. And in um, uh, June, slightly more, like one point something. So we lost, so far, revenues in the range of um, between 60 to 80 million shekels. Roughly twenty million dollars uh, yeah and uh, for us it's a lot you know we're not a huge company for us it's a lot um, but it's not only that we lost credit lines and um, the entire Israeli banking system lost faith in the Israeli hospitality because it's, it, it comes after many many years of uh, booming. Of a really good and positive trend, but uh, at the same time, it sits on a very heavy burden of uh, 2001, 9-11, the Intifada, the riots in the West Bank, the um, the Second Lebanon War. So it's it's like many traumas to the banking system that that um, uh, hotels couldn't um, uh, pay their debts, and it's like reaffirmed all their uh, fears. So. Um, now, again, it'll be super difficult for Israeli uh, hotels to finance themselves. It's not something that, okay, you know what, it's a slight correction and, and we'll be okay. This is, a big, this is a big case. So we understood it very quickly and we had to take immediate steps to, um, to, to take care of it. So it's not only the money that didn't come in. It's also the personnel that now has to make refunds, process the request, understand the different terms that each cancellation is done, work with countless, countless mediators from around the world that are, that are working the deals for you. You have the exposure that you're carrying, the risk that you're carrying in ongoing deals overseas that you may not be able to, to uh, follow through with. Okay, do you want to depress me now? And in the midst of all that, you're saying, let's take our iconic, Central Tel Aviv Hotel and give it to the medical teams to pamper them. This is not a, a, a brain 
business decision. This is a gut heart decision. Listen, um, we have the luxury of still being um, a, 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 uh, like a small jet, a small plane and not a huge uh, jet. We have the luxury of taking turns and dealing with this pandemic and with this uh, crisis in a very fast, uh, fast way. And I think that this is our strength, being flexible and very uh, reactive and not thinking uh, what someone will say about us. And I think this is our strength. We had to take some um, some very um, serious, I would say even sad decision decisions. We went down from 600 employees, team members. Uh, we don't have employees. We have team members from 600 of them. Of our, and those are people that we collected one by one. That I know each and every one of them by name. I've seen the photo from your end of the year party. Like you literally knew them by name. I'm, I know each and every of our team members and we went down to 14. And then we went up slightly to 33. You said 14, to one four. One four, yes. One for supporting the, the, the locations that are still operating at some capacity, yeah, the just, ongoing deals, and the whole, the whole backlog of operations that you had to... It's funny. It's uh, from 600 to, eight to in Israel alone, to, uh, to 14. So, yeah, it's, um, it's serious. You know, it's not... Um, yeah, there's... You know, when you fly sometimes, there are some bumps. No, no. This was... It's not a hiccup. This is a crisis that will be learned for years to come. So being in the business for 20 years and more, what do you feel you could do better than, than other organizations in responding to the situation? First of all, I'm not thinking of being better than anybody else. I'm just trying to be the best I can as we spoke about it. I think that just being flexible and uh, since we have this strategic way, we know who we are. There's a very strong DNA to what we do then we can be very responsive and very um, reactive to, to, to changes. You also had to undergo some uh, managerial changes throughout the crisis to have a better grasp on how to manage it, right? Yeah, I think you're... you're, you're Insinuating. Trying, yeah, yeah. Slightly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that our CEO took an amazing decision and a very good step at the beginning of the crisis to, uh, and very some serious actions that... You know, you need a real man with a big... Kahunas. Yeah. Big balls to do it. Um, and he has done it amazingly. But then um, we shrank from uh, a super tanker to a small, really small small vehicle. And then I think it was a little, maybe a little bit too much. And I think that I felt as if we need a stronger grasp of what is in hand we thought that we need to be more reactive, stronger, to be to, to act in a very lean way. And I think this step was, was necessary. It was done in a very smooth and, and understanding way. Um, everybody's still under very good, um, um, very good terms. terms. Our former CEO still sits in our board. Um, in a, we're, we're speaking once a week at least. It's a, it's a, I'm, I'm asking for zillion devices and, and for his, just to lean on his shoulder and to cry over his shoulder. I want to set the scene. So there's a professional CEO running the day-to-day operations. You're the founder, owner, strategist, and crisis hits. You take some necessary immediate action, and then you identify there's a need for, for a swifter response. 
more control, less hierarchy, less decision-making or conversations, more doing, doing, doing. So you Absolutely. will gain the reins as the CEO of the company yeah. while maintaining the good relations and keeping the CEO on the board. First of all, it's remarkable. When we look at the parallels in, in startup world, we see that sometimes there's the guy down the hall, that the VC is just waiting to land instead of the CEO that they got when they bought the, the company. No, I was so happy to, to have uh, Shlomi on board. He's an amazing guy, amazing guy with huge experience. And I learned so much. And I think that we could have um, sailed into the sunset, you know, 20 years from now. But this crisis really had to, to we had to make big, big, big change and to react and respond super promptly to each and everything that happened. And I, I'm, I'm very emotional, um, good and bad. There are good things and, and bad things about it. I think that being um, so close to the ranks and so close to the, to the people and so close to the team we're working with, and knowing each and every hotel, I can still do the room assignment um, better than any front desk manager just because I build them and I plan them and I see, saw them on a plan. And I'm, it's something that had to be done in such, a, in, in such t- difficult times. When people think of being a hotelier, sometimes they have a very um, James Bond-esque type thing. And when, when I see working, <laughs> it's the furthest thing from totally. glamour. I, totally. Seeing you walking around, dusty clothes, totally. holding totally. blueprints, totally. can't catch a breath. It's the way the business looks from the outside and the way it, it is to run it. No, you know, in a, in, it is the case in America. Everything is more settled. The, the market is huge. 300 plus million uh, customers just in the U.S. alone. Um, a superpower. It's, it's easier. You can plan. In Israel, you cannot plan anything. I'm driving my scooter in the city from one hotel to the next. I'm driving to Jerusalem and in Jerusalem, I'm, I'm taking the, the, those city bikes from one hotel to the next, from one site to the next. What can you do? In Athens, I'm, I'm, I'm driving a scooter. You know, so in, in Europe and in, in Israel and in the Mediterranean, it's sweaty. It's knowing the people, it's touching it, it's knowing each and every fabric and, and textile that you do. This is my way of doing things. Maybe it's the wrong way. So it's, uh, this, this, is, this is how I feel comfortable that uh, there's my signature on each and everything. I know it. I'm making mistakes. I know that even if I make mistakes, this is my mistake. And I remember it and I can correct it immediately. And if someone tells me it's, um, it's a mistake, then I can correct it immediately because I know... I know why it was done or where, where was it purchased, etc. It's not only that you own the mistakes that you do, you're also looking for, like, like proactively looking for, uh, looking for what's going on, how you can make the businesses better. And hotels, I mean, it's such a nuanced business. You care about the, uh, the, um, the light bulb that goes off in one room with the same, the same degree of importance than you would to where should we expand to. And can, this- I say, can I say out loud where we met? <laughs> you're one of the one of our first hotels uh first guests and i was really looking up for your for your uh, feedbacks uh you always sent a a really thorough and detailed feedback in only a good and positive manner so it, i really could learn a lot from it when you develop a hotel you have 16 different regulators to work with 16 one six one six um, from health ministry to police to uh, division of well countless 
Same goes with, with, with running a hotel. There are so many details, so many tiny encounters between a guest to a host. If you don't take care of the details, then it's nothing. This is hospitality is all about details. And, um, and I was really expecting and, and looking for your feedbacks because good feedbacks. And this is why I, I feel that Booking.com has done some good things and bad things. It has done amazing things because um, all those uh, sites really improved us and, and turned us into more uh, responsive and, and we listen better. At the same time, um, it, and it's just a technical thing. Uh, Booking and, and Expedia should should in, and, and, and TripAdvisor should force people to write longer feedbacks. You know, just the line wasn't happy. It doesn't help me out. How can I, what can I do with it? You know, how can I improve? So if you give me this feedback, then I'll become better for your next trip. Um, you know, sw the Swiss hospitality. This is why it was so important for me to, to have this training ship in, 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 in Switzerland. You know, it, it relies on, on hundreds of years of, of hospitality. So, and it's good. You, 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 so many feedbacks and corrections and, and trial and error. It's amazing. You can really learn from it. Hopefully we'll get, we'll get there, you know. Another Israeli flavor to, uh, to your story, to the Brown Hotel story. When was it that you opened the first hotel in, in Israel? Brown Tel Aviv was opened on uh, October 15, 2010. 2010. Yep. What was the uh, Israeli climate back then? And I'm not talking temperature, I'm talking geopolitical. Wasn't the best of times. The problem wasn't geopolitical. The, the problem was then back then uh, uh, financial. It was at the height of the financial crisis. It was super challenging, you know, for a young guy from, from Tel Aviv out of, coming out of nowhere with no backing, no financial backing, no nothing, to leverage, to go to banks. I was, you know, now when I go to banks, I, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm the shopper. Okay, you want to sell me money. I want to buy money. Let's talk about details. Back then I was like, hey, can you please... Take me for a meeting. Maybe you can accept me for a minute. Like, so I came like a, like an underdog, and and it wasn't it wasn't easy. So the climate was 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 very difficult uh, financially back then, even more than um, on the contrary. 2010, 11, 12, and 13 were were very quiet, and they were very good. Um, 2014 had uh, 87 missiles on Tel Aviv. Um, at the month of August, the peak of the tourism uh, season. And I remember that I was thinking, okay, why, why do I deserve this? That I just opened up a hotel. Why do I deserve this? And it's like, <clears throat> in what hotel playbook do you have anti-missile defense as part of it? So we turned it. Uh, we, you know, we turned the shelter into a nightclub. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. And we, we with a disco ball... <laughs> We had um, three or four uh, uh, sparkling uh, wine just chilled in there in the fridge. And whenever there was a siren, everybody came down and we had parties, like uh, bubbly parties um, in, the, in the shelter. It was like, okay, what do we do now? This and is people the most don't... surreal thing I've ever heard. Horrible. And then um, um, no one wanted to, slowly, slowly, by the end of July, no one wanted to visit Tel Aviv anymore, you know, missiles and missiles. And then Anderson Cooper tweeted journalists they want to cover tel aviv they should stay at the brown so we get pumped and uh and and we were so lucky 
We're so lucky. It was a really good thing. And, uh, and we, we finalized um, August with 88% occupancy. Half of the, uh, of, the, of the regular revenues. We didn't make any money. Uh, we're maybe even um, uh, break even. But we, we broke even at, with 87 missiles on Tel Aviv. Do you remember the, the <laughs> moment where you, will, when you said to yourself, I want to build a hotel. I want to be a hotel owner. No, it was before my, my bar mitzvah. Seriously? Yeah. So you've been carrying it for, for like 30 years before? Yeah. I, I always laugh when everybody else collect, when all my friends collected um, footballer stamps and, you know, and put it in the wall. I collected, my collection was uh, hotel brochures. You know, do you know brochure before websites? We had brochures, actually pages, papers, and you had chrome and beautiful pages. I always loved it. It was international. It was beautiful. It was glossy. It was like everything that a young gay guy wants to do in his world. And I asked my, my, my mom to give me for my bar mitzvah a, um, a subscription for the Newsweek. And, you know, so such a beautiful Chrome magazine and, and good one. And I saw all the ads and I wanted to read the, the ads first. You know, it was also beautiful and cosmopolitical, and I just wanted to do that. So how do you go from being a 13-year-old kid with a dream to actually going into a bank and say, hey, guys, I need a couple of million bucks. I want to open a, open a hotel. No, no, I started as a... Uh, I started my career many, many, many years ago. You were minus something. I always wanted to work at the Club Med. You know, Club Med, the French uh, uh, villages that um, it's all inclusive, but in a very French way of bonheur, of uh, plaisir, of pleasure, the pleasures of the, of the flesh. And I was working and I did some, some, some seasons, you know, they do seasons, six months every time before my military service and then during the military service and then afterwards. And I always knew that this, in French, you say contact, GeoGM, contact of uh, guest and host. So um, I always knew that this is something that I love and I, I, I thought that I was pretty good at it. So I did several seasons around the world and then um, I lived in Brussels for some time. And then I returned to Israel, started my BA at the Hebrew University and I started as a bellhop at the King David Hotel uh, in Jerusalem, which is the top, you know, it's a palace. It's the number one hotel in Israel. And I came from, from this uh, uh, Club Med Hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> kind of attitude to this uh, stuffy, shishi, all the um, Sheldon Adelsons and the uh, King Husseins of the world. And, and then uh, I started my, uh, my BA in September. And then a couple of months later, um, late Prime Minister Rabin was assassinated. So we hosted everybody, everybody from Prince Charles to King Hussein to... Um, uh, all the uh, chancellors and um, um, CEOs and uh, prime ministers of the world. And it was exciting. What a and, surreal situation. Yeah, a real situation. Like the country is mourning and you're there, you know, providing service to these people who are, you know. Yeah, it's the peak of, the, of what everybody can think it's of. It's the people who will be on the, on, yeah. the, on, the, on the money notes. In, in... Usually, usually you, you get to host one of them during your career. We had like dozens of them during one day. It was amazing. It was a have... good lesson. It was a good lesson for me. Um, and then we hosted afterwards. <laughs> a good lesson. What did you learn? Oh, a lot about etiquette and about um, how you do things in the fine way. 
who is there to even teach you? I mean, like, we're not a country that's accustomed to, to this type exactly. of hospitality. Exactly. After a couple of years, I moved. It was, um, I was working with a Dan chain. The Dan is one of the not only largest, but um, most respected. And, and it's a remarkable chain. I, I love the people uh, behind it. They sent me on a training ship. Well, I sent myself. I just asked the secretary of the GM. There, was no, there were no emails back then. So I don't remember, but we sent thousand email a thousand letters to all the hotels i wanted to to work with to have us to have a training ship a stage three accepted me and i went to all three the badut palace in st moritz the because i wanted the swiss hospitality to understand a little bit better the ritz in london because i wanted to understand the british etiquette and the american uh, way of doing things so the peninsula in beverly hills and i went to all three and it was an eye-opening experience and i learned a lot from it um, I'm very happy I did it. It's about, it's all about realness, the realness of the experiences. You know, when you go to a really high end hotel, sometimes you feel like it's a little bit fake because this beautifully, um, um, uh, dressed, uh, concierge, he's making, you know, minimum wage and, you know, he's not a real high class, uh, one of the upper classes of the, of the society. He's just helping you out, you know? And so I decided not to do that. And I, I decided that we're going to have the kind of hospitality that looks in the eye. And, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, the, like the Asian way of doing things. I'm the humble servant and I, I will not walk in the, in the guest corridors, but in a different corridor and I will not. No, I'm your colleague. We will show you to the room. In the meantime, in the elevator, I'll chat with you. I'll tell you who I am and what and you'll tell me who you are and what, what your expectations will we'll start a conversation. And then I'll know better how to serve you and how to, uh, and, and which uh, restaurant I should recommend. And everything should be much more real and much more close to the, to the like essence. Healthy, like exactly. And I thought that Tel Aviv is such a great way to, to start and such a great place to start being so open open-minded and, and liberal and, and it's a wonderful city and straightforward yeah and like it's, it's a disgusting city if you look at it but when you peel out the surface um it's so creative and so buzzy when i said um uh, somebody in, in, in a lecture uh, someone asked me um why do i like athens so much and i said because it's the next tel aviv and no one no understood so so I said, you know what, it's the next Berlin. And then everybody clapped. I really believe in this creativity. It's like, it totally rejuvenates. And If you take the people out of Tel Aviv, you're left with a bunch of really disgusting, totally. really badly maintained building with heat and humidity. Mm-hmm. Once you put the people back in, the place is irreplaceable, unlike any other place in the world. Yeah. So I think the decision of kind of adapting the service level to the people you're actually serving is, is part of the hospitality. It's a, it's a must. You cannot pretend you're in Switzerland. You cannot pretend you're in London. It's not the same finesse. So, you know, and, and I think it's also fun to, to look at the essence of things rather than the, uh, the etiquette way of doing things. It's good to, to learn the basics. You know, a good hotel needs to have a really good bed really good sleeping experience, really good um, uh, shower experience, really good toiletries, great service, great design. But this is the basic. Then you can start with pop-up shops and with hubs and with, you know, great bars, etc. So after many, many years, the, uh, the regular hotel, build, hotel business, I had my BA and my MBA and I worked 
some other countries and I had quite a vast uh, experience. And then in around 2004, I decided, okay, I think I know my shit. Um, to rephrase it, I thought I know it all. Only, only years later, I, I understood that I didn't know anything. But back then, I thought that I know it all. And I, um, and I decided that I need to leave. I went to the CEO of the company and I said, I want to be challenged. So either you give me the, um, the position of the business development of the, of the, of the uh, company. Um, otherwise, I'll be obliged to, to leave. And he said, unfortunately, I'm not able to. This is reserved to the family. And I left with very happy notes. And I'm, like we're still in amazing contact. I love this amazing time I had. And, and this is still a family to me. I launched my consultancy uh, team with um, uh, two other colleagues, which was pretty amazing. And we had some really good, um, uh, really good clients. And I moved to Eilat to run a hotel out of that as part of this consultancy um, firm. And then I decided that I'm, I'm not a good consultant. I decided that um, after a couple of years, uh, enough is enough. I bought, purchased my first hotel with um, two other friends. I went to m one of my good friends and said, this one um, approved. And then I said, I went to him and I said, the other one approved. And then they, they both um, helped me out. And uh, with their financing, with good banking system in Israel, um, we bought the Poly House Hotel. Stunning Bauhaus building yeah. at the Nachalat Binyamin pedestrianized street in the heart of the heart yeah, of so the city. We, totally. It's the belly button of the city. And we uh, asked Ronarad and then... Ronarad, uh, the designer? The designer. And then there were some difficulties with the municipality. And then Karim Rashid, this Egyptian-born mega star, star architect uh, and the likes of Zaha Hadid and Norman Foster and... Uh, Philip Stark, and this was an amazing experience. And then I thought, you know what? One hotel is, is nice, but maybe we need to, maybe there's something to it. And we opened up the Brown, and then the rest is history. So the Poly House was before the Brown? Yeah, we started before the Brown. I didn't even know yeah. that. Israelis are sometimes obsessed with the question of what is Israeli, you know, because it's such a melting pot, such a fusion of Defi cultures. Defining yourself. I think... You guys have done something tremendous in the sense that you go into a brown hotel, you know it's a brown hotel, okay. but you're also not stuck in medieval England or, <laughs> or in the Alps or in, you know... Uh, or in any other brown. Exactly. Each and every brown is different. How did you translate that very elusive DNA that this place has and were able to kind of replicate it in such a unique way throughout your different locations? First of all, thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you very much. When we approach a new um, um, venture, a new property, you first step in and you feel it. You're, it's as if your chakras are open. You know, you let it sink in. And, okay, this is a good location, but the building is iffy or the other way around. Or, wow, what a potential. You, it, it, it evokes something within you. And then you just know it. Oh, at least I know it. I was about to say, it, it doesn't evoke anything in me. I see a ruin, it's a ruin. You see it, you're like, oh my God, this could be something. When I step into a new hotel or a new building that we're planning on turning into a hotel, I know exactly within the first five minutes what will be the name, how it will look like, how will the uh, uniforms look like, what will the, the breakfast look like, 
uh, where will the pool or the rooftop bar or the bar or the signature brown library be? So it's something that it's, I don't know how to experience, how to explain it, but it's some, it's an experience that mm, immediately, and then I need, I need to start translating it and explaining it to everybody else. It's the design and the, and the scent and the library and the, and the uniforms and the, and the out, um, uh, the facade. So it's, I'm, I'm trying to insert some edginess and coolness. And, and therefore I'm working with people that are so much cooler than I am and so much edgier than I am that I'm like wild by them. And then I think it, my guests will be wild by it. In startups, a lot of people are considering themselves visionary. You know, they have a vision and a visionary is sometimes an excuse to be a bit of an asshole or to be a little lazy when you're explaining things or to hold more control because it's, it's, it's my vision, you know, get along with the vision. Um, how do you go about translating your vision into soaps and signs and scents? First of all, I understand people that say it about, about um, developers because when you know it, you know it. So, you know, I'm sitting in a, in a big room and everybody says their opinion, but I just know it. What can I do? I just know it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not this 20 plus anymore. I'm, this knowledge, this knowing is based on 30 years of experience of traveling the world around, spending the last dime I had in the hotels of, of reading each and every new newsletter, knowing of each and every new hotel in the, in the market. So yeah, I'm like, I know it. And, and this branding guy that is, or this a beautiful graphic designer, she's amazing, but she's like 20 something or 30 something. She's never been to that level of, of knowledge of hospitality. And I need to listen to her and, and she can improve what I thought. She cannot alter it 100%. This is, you know, it's, it's, it's and, and then, and then people think that you're too stuck. You know, the tricky thing is how to still be open to other opinions. Uh, I can, I'm blessed with super, super strong minded people that are telling me all the time, all the time how stupid I am and how old I am. And how I don't understand anything, and now, but I'm lucky enough to be working with them. I always laugh that we're, I'm not surrounded by yes men, but I'm surrounded by no men. But people that always confront me and always say that I'm wrong, and then uh, a, a good, a good um, clash, uh, clash ignites, and and then and then something good comes out of it. But there's some knowing, uh, you know. I know it should be. Um, a short name. So why do you give me three, three um, uh, letters, three names or yeah, you know, we, we cannot, we have 54 projects and, and hotels and, and in the, under development. And I'm like, you cannot create 54 different brandings. You need to. So we have the lighthouses and the Brown beach houses and the Browns and the villas and all over the world. So we have the Villa Brown in Jerusalem. We have two Villa Browns in Jerusalem. We have the Villa Brown in Tel Aviv. We have the Villa Brown in Cologne. In Germany, but they all share the same ID, the, the so same NDA. How you scale the, the DNA by identifying a, a bucket, a category, branding that category in a way that can be translated and, and but implemented. But I hate myself for it. You hate yourself for it? Uh, because you would reinvent the wheel with every hotel if you could? Of course. If I had the time, I would restart everything. I mean, restart this process with each and every new hotel, but it's not feasible. So, and. And this is always the game. Between, I don't think that our hotels are perfect. And I'm so frustrated 
uh, when I'm checking and I always see the, 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 the defaults, the, the things that are not amazing. And I'm like, okay, but you need to, to remember it's COVID-19 and what can you do now? And, you know, and so is this a continuous dialogue? Yeah, always. I'm never happy. How do you, how do you um, switch off and get ready for, for the day after? How do you live knowing that there are so many imperfections when you are a bloody perfectionist? No, no. I sleep well and my weekends are amazing with my family and friends and stuff. No, no, I don't have any problem with that, with detach myself. But it's constant frustration that lies within you. you. You're always frustrated. You're always not happy with the end result. And you're always not happy with what you have done. And you think you, have, you, can, you can do better. But it was a decision not to concentrate on one, two hotels and, turn them, and turning them into palaces, but working on a, global, on a more global scale. We're going back to ownership. And it's amazing, like the fact that you bring it back and say, "No, it was a decision. If I wanted you know a quieter life, then I would have taken one or two hotels, I would perfect them. Nitsan, my husband hates me for it for not you settling with the one and then perfecting it again uh, and again. You can always tell him, well, I chose you as my one yeah hey. this is, this is <laughs> sort of what I do, sort of what I tell him so you've been uh, in the past few years when when a lot of business tourism started coming to Israel. A lot of international companies have set up the bases here. I came in, I met you first when I was business traveling myself. As a person working in hospitality, you see all those big multinational tech companies coming in. Oh, I, envy them. I envy them. I see them with their uh, per diem, with their open checkbook. And, like, and I'm saying, I want to rely on someone else. I want to lean on someone that will tell me, yeah, just use your $100 a day per diem. And stay wherever you want. Just meet this and this and that. Three meetings a day. And I'm like, what? I had 17 different meetings. And it's now 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. already. And I have like 200 WhatsApp messages that I need to respond today. And I didn't start my, um, my, uh, my emails. And like, I wish. You're also flying out tomorrow, right? I was supposed to fly out tomorrow. And I postponed it to the 19th because I don't, I don't want to return to this 14 days quarantine. And I hope, hopefully it will get sh- shrunk into a five days quarantine, hopefully. Fingers soon. crossed. Leon, you've been so generous with us. And before we finish, I want to ask you if there's anything we haven't covered that you feel is mandatory to understanding you, the Brown Hotel, your plans going forward, anything, the floor is yours. Wow. Wow. I think I really sped it out. <laughs> I, I really think that it's all about creativity and responsiveness and being open to this change changing trends i always laugh about you know ceos that are sitting in boardrooms under neon lights or led lights led lights um and thinking of what will the kids enjoy we're now opening our first tiktok hotel uh you know against donald trump that just said that it's not allowed in america um but i really think that you know all those young people my daughter is 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 not even 11 and she's conversing with her friends over TikTok and Instagram. And, and you know, she's so viral and social and, and on a different level. And this is the kind of hotel now I'm, I'm challenged to open. Um, and this is our next venture in Tel Aviv. And, and so just being open-minded and, and just enjoy what you do and, and having this DNA that guides you along the way. I think this is who we are. This is who I am. What I'm taking uh, from today's chat is extreme ownership on your decisions, on your execution, on your mistake, self-expression as a driving force, 
you can't fake self-expression. You can't go wrong with self-expression. You can always outdo yourself, but you can't go wrong in the quest for self-expression. And it sounds like the biggest tech cliche ever, but it's people's first. And yeah, for sure. I see it in the way you can clash with someone over a design and yet part ways on the best of terms and still regard your past employers, even though they're today a competitor, as your best friend. Um, this has been a masterclass. Thank you. Your business is an extension of who you are. So I want to end with something personal. You've been in the hotel business for your entire career, 30-something years. You've even met your life partner in a hotel, and today you're working together. Talk to us a little bit about wow. that experience. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. This is a nightmare. Uh, I love him, but it's a, it's a nightmare. I'm, I'm lucky that he's so smart. We met at the Hilton in Jerusalem, um, and um, it was it was very challenging time for me. I was um, back then. I had questions and doubts. I was, um, I was. It was towards or in the middle of my uh, coming out process, which is never easy. And uh, and I met him at the Hilton, and I fell in love immediately. I had a girlfriend at the time for like four years, put it aside. And, um, and, and I, I actually felt as if this is it. And two weeks later, he moved in. He knew it as well. And, uh, and since then, we were together for over 22 years. And um, it was, it, it's, it's not easy to work together. It's not easy also because th- there's this, I'm, I'm, I'm back to this knowing thing. I know how the hotel should should be should should look like or should be expressed and Nitsan is is our strategic and um and uh, uh, creative planner and he's the head of um, the branding team and he's responsible for those amazing names and brandings and, and and some of the most cool things we do and it's not easy because he knows things too what do you do not that i'm ever bossy but i cannot boss your husband around so it's not easy. It's a it's a huge challenge, but it it makes things better. It's um, it's a beautiful flirt, and 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 uh, and I think it drives us better. And uh, maybe this is this is why knock on wood, we went well so far. Speaking so. of a flirt, it's a few months before this episode is released. You can leave a voice message with us that Nitsan will see in a few months. Hopefully, hopefully, when this crisis is over. So if you want to say thank you or anything for the time that has passed and give it to him as a gift in a few months. Ah, Tritsan. Wow, that's a beautiful thought. Bubik, thank you for being with me. Thank you for sticking around. You're amazing. <laughs> Who could imagine that 22 years later we'll, we'll still be together? So thank you, my darling husband, for, for being there and supporting my ludicrous, uh, you know, I'm waking up middle of the night thinking hey i have an idea and and i'm waking you up waking him up and then thank you for sticking despite of it all so and 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 thank you guys for for having me and thank you guys for being so delicate and and sensitive with the with the questions guiding me with this journey it it felt like a journey so thank you very much for that it's been our absolute pleasure i can't thank you enough thank you for coming to the show thank you for for being so 
honest, for keeping your integrity intact throughout it all. This is a masterclass in business and oh, in human relations. It's only me. Come on. Lona Figad. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market